0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Thursday edition of the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. And coming up on our show today, we will check in with Mike Pratt. Get some of his thoughts on Kentucky basketball ahead of a matchup with a Tennessee team that uh, Mike has been very impressed with for a while now. So uh, we'll talk about uh, a matchup between the Cats and the Vols. Uh, Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated, also a regular Thursday guest here on the Leach Report, and then Brandy Ramsey from KSR, and uh, we'll break down some of the things that Kentucky basketball is really doing well right now. So that's our guest lineup as we roll into the Wildcat news of the day, a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington on the Coach Cal radio show last night. uh, We talked about Xavier Wheeler and uh, his status, and Cal said yesterday was a, uh, an off day for the players, so they'll see if he can practice today or tomorrow. And if he can, then we'll see Wheeler back out on the court for the Cats. Cal did say that Wheeler's been able to do some individual workouts in the uh, last couple of days, so uh, trend it seems to be trending in the right direction uh, for a return at some point in the not-too-distant future, hopefully as early as Saturday, for Wheeler. Uh, Ty-Ty Washington has certainly played Very well in the um, absence of Sevier, but um, nobody's faster than Wheeler at getting Kentucky out in transition, which is something that the Cats do really well. You know, it could be a situation where when they get into, uh, you know, a more of a half court game, they could play Sevier off the ball some and put Ty Ty on the point for some of the things that he is doing well in running the half court offense. I think they the thing is I think Cal's going to have that kind of versatility now where you know Wheeler can be the guy that can uh, get you rolling in transition and then uh, you know you kind of if you need to make uh, a change if you're struggling you know a couple of those half court games that they got into against uh, LSU and against Notre Dame where they uh, had low point totals maybe that's where you can have a tweak to do something a little different uh, in your half-court offense to help you be able to score. Point is, you to have uh, some uh, really good options for this team, not just there, but you know, in other places with uh, Brooks and Toppin. I would like to see them uh, get a little more uh, depth, and it, maybe it's going to be Shaden Sharp at, at some point to get at least one more guy uh to uh, have to work into the mix um calipari told listeners to the show last night um, i was doing a um a reminder to fans about the tickets and uh, it's a sellout saturday and you know where to get the verified resale tickets and that you know you should make sure to get there early because of the construction and the Rupp Arena opens 90 minutes before tip-off and Cal jumped in to say that if you come early you could see Shaden Sharp going through his workout so um, we'll, uh, if you want to go really early like going for batting practice at a Major League Baseball game you can uh, check out Shaden Sharp uh, doing his work at uh, Oscar used to do this last season come out uh, early and just work on various elements of his game uh, often with one of the assistant coaches and certainly paying off for uh, Oscar this year. To football, Dear Rosenthal declaring for the NFL draft. I think this was one where there was hope that he might come back for another season, but I don't know if it ever got to the level of, a, of an expectation. Certainly, like it, uh, you know, I think there was an expectation that Jones was coming back and Rodriguez was coming back, but uh, so. Dare Rosenthal heads to the NFL. Uh, that one, not a big shock, but the uh, the other piece of news that was really disappointing is that uh, Juco cornerback Zoff Razor has decommitted from U.K. Highly ranked Juco cornerback, a position of need for Kentucky. So now you're uh, looking at the transfer portal to try to find some more help there, and uh, I would think you're getting a little late for this semester uh, at some point that transfer portal help might have to come after the spring semester, which would be after spring ball. But uh, maybe there's still time to get uh, one or two guys into the transfer portal for this semester so they could go through spring practice. Wondell Robinson, named to the USA Today All-Bowl Team. That seems to be a very worthy choice. And Let's see. Women's basketball, the Kentucky-Mississippi State game. Slated for tomorrow night or tonight in Lexington, actually, has been postponed because of COVID issues in the Mississippi State program. Second time this game's been postponed for issues with Mississippi State. So uh, hopefully they can eventually get it rescheduled. The the women's teams had uh, several issues now with getting games uh, pushed back because or canceled because of COVID issues. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our Wildcat News of the Day, presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And that climate control patio that they finished out uh, during the time of the pandemic uh, when it got started. And it is just a beautiful place to enjoy your meal at Giuseppe's with live jazz music every night. You can also order online and carry it out, pick it up through their drive through window if you want to just take Giuseppe's home. Go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com to find out more. We'll be right back with Mike Pratt. It is the Leach Report Radio Network.
1: This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach, ky.
0: Thursday edition of the Leach Report. We welcome in Mike Pratt. It's at MikePratt22 on Twitter. Um, as we uh, welcome in, Mike, let me uh, go to a clip from John Calipari. This was on our post-game interview on the UK Network uh, Tuesday night after the win over Vandy. And uh, it was the last question I asked Cal about Oscar Sheboy. Did you think he would be this good offensively when he came? Well, um, No. Um, but it took us time to figure him out,
1: and it took us time as a team to figure out each other. Do you remember early on when he was rebounding balls and throwing them back out? Yeah. didn't. Work. You remember when he was one foot from the basket and he kept missing? Well, there's a lot of time spent in the gym. Like, he's in there, and he's working.
0: That's uh, Cal after the game talking about Oscar. Mike, and you and I... Uh, watched him last year when uh, we would be at games he would come out early and uh, work with uh, one of the assistant coaches and he wasn't just out just getting shots up to kill time he was actually working on um, game shots and and moves that he would make in in the post and so um, one thing about Oscar is he puts in the work.
1: He does Tom and uh, you know he gets the results too it's a classic example of how guys refine their game and they get better. And Oscar, again, he was out there. He didn't even have a ball a couple times. He was just working on his footwork, you know, drop step. He was, he reverse pivoted uh, to the shot and he just, he mimicked having a ball in his hand, just working on that footwork. I was really impressed with that. I mean, he's a, uh, you know, he's a guy you gotta love because of his effort. You gotta love because of. The fact that um, you know he's he's undersized five and what he does for his size is is amazing. He's not a seven footer or six eight like we'll see on Saturday. They got Fulkerson who seems to be there forever. Tom and um, he, he he's bothered Kentucky for some reason. You know he's not a great athlete, but boy, he's got some things done. And they got a six eight and seven footer. Uh, plastic, plastic. I think I say his name right, but. You know, they're going to come with the double team at Oscar. It's going to be interesting. they got to size to do it.
0: Oscar had 30 down at Vandy, 29 the game before against Georgia. You have to go back to Kenny Walker in the mid-80s to find the last time a Kentucky player had two games in a row against SEC competition with 29 or more. And so he's had, I think Oscar, believe it is, let me look here, he's had six 20-point games out of 19. At West Virginia, he played 41 games, and he scored 20 or more twice. So he, to kind of speak into Cal's point about uh, Oscar turning out to be better than they even thought that he would offensively, those numbers speak to that. Um, so he's certainly, you know, we think back to that Duke game and how he was passing up wide-open shots, and now he confidently can hit that uh, pick-and-pop little 15-footer, um, the rebounding Obviously, kind of speaks those numbers speak for themselves. Uh, what what about Oscar as an NBA prospect?
1: Well, I think he'll play in the NBA. I mean there's 15 man rosters, plus you got two-way contracts somewhere at the tail end there. I don't know if it two ways count as the 15th or not it may, but it, there's a lot of jobs. and Oscar's a guy that you look at and you say, look, if this kid's going to work this hard right now, that's what we need in our locker room, in our franchise. And let's take a shot at him. You know, let's take a shot at him at the second in the second round, uh, or maybe higher. I, I don't know, but I think he's a very attractive. I know a lot of um, a lot of pro guys that I see um, and talk to and were a bunch of bandy. Um, they all think they all like him. Um, they all think that uh, maybe he'll kick around as a backup or. Um, possibly may, uh, if he could develop a jump shot of four but they like the opportunity they're seeing um, to get this young fellow and developing and that's what it's all about
0: you know he certainly can set a good screen and he has one skill that he is exceptional at which is rebounding I would think that's something that that helps you if you're not a you know if you're not a can't miss nba prospect then if you have something you know one thing you do exceptionally well and maybe that's you know it could be a three-point shooter it could be a rebounder in oscars case that that helps you maybe be you know some kind of a specialist where you can find a role
1: yeah um you know he's really good he, he's become really good at the pick and roll Tom. if you watch the nba game and, and of course college mimics the nba pick and roll is important at on both sides guarding it Okay, if you got the footwork to help the guard in the pick and roll situation and at the offensive end, if you could read the defense on the roll, that's good. But one of the most important things, I think, is that you, when you, uh, set a pick and roll situation, your big man's got to be able to hit that jump shot and see that the defense where it has reacted, but hitting that jump shot, um, it is really off the pick and roll when they fade or they slip out to the side. That's really important. That's where Oscar needs to work. And he's shown he can he can do the pick and roll. It just needs the uh, uh, situation where he develops that jump shot.
0: So Mike Pratt on Twitter. It is at MikePratt22. Uh, and we're about 22 minutes past the top of the hour here on the Leech Report. Let's shift to this game on Saturday. I know... You've been telling me since early in the season how much you liked Tennessee when you watched them play. Now you'll get to see them up close when they take on the Wildcats on Saturday. What impresses you about yeah. the balls?
1: I, I think that um, you know that Rick Barnes is a terrific defensive coach, but this year, to start the year, it was about his offense. They were knocking down the trays and scoring points. And over the last three to four weeks' time, it looks like they struggled a little bit shooting the ball. And scoring points, but um, they got Fulkerson, is all I'm going to say. He's been our (laughs) nemesis. He's in his sixth season of college basketball, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, a couple years ago, what, 1920, that Tennessee beat Kentucky, come from behind. And then that's the year the the COVID started. But you remember, that's the only loss Kentucky had. What, about eight games, seven games down the stretch? And he had 27 points. He just kicked our buns. He's been playing well against us in his whole career, which lasts a lifetime. So I'll be happy to see him go. Um, but Chandler, the guard, I think I think he's the guy that makes the whole thing go. Freshman, very skilled point guard for a freshman. Very skilled. Very interesting matchup. If Wheeler plays, um, matchup on Chandler. Size-wise, what can he do? Can he get up in his in his belt buckle and, and uh, disrupt him, uh, Chandler in the offense? Or, or is it Ty tie Washington? Or Bones. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting matchup at the guard spot. And the other interesting piece, Tom, is how they double-team with their big guys on Oscar. I know it's coming some form or fashion just to take the ball out of his hands. I do not think they'll go one-on-one much like Vandy did.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a, it doesn't, on paper, look like another 30-point night for, uh, for Oscar. So, how does he have to, uh, you know, again, we don't know exactly how Tennessee's going to come at him, but uh, with this size that he'll be playing against and potentially, you know, having to do battle with two big guys, how does he have to counterpunch?
1: Well, he's got to be patient. He's got to really acknowledge what they're doing and then move the ball. I mean, it can be outside in and back outside, swing the ball from one side to the other. And then when he's on the catch, if he feels comfortable with the defense where it is, he's got to go up quickly, Tom. He cannot put the ball on the floor dilly-dally. He's got to go take it um, to the rim. Uh, so establishing position, not the first time they look to enter the ball, or even if they do. The important thing is on the swing in some form or fashion, he has to get a better position coming across that lane, and it's just it's footwork and patience, and then be aggressive. Just take it at the big guys.
0: Mike Pratt, uh, he'll be on the call with uh, me on Saturday from Rupp Arena, one o'clock Eastern for Kentucky and Tennessee, And a uh, sold-out Rupp Arena. Should be a great environment, and we will see you on Saturday, Mike.
1: Okay, buddy. Take
0: care. And it's Mike Pratt, and uh, he and I have our uh, new book out, Kentucky Basketball: Two Decades Behind the Scenes. So, I invite you to check that out. We'll be doing some more book signings as the season plays out, and as we uh, lead up to March Madness, and we will be right back. Justin Rowland, Cats Illustrated, coming up next. Brandon Ramsey, from KSR, a little later on the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington.
1: It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones.
0: It's the Leach Report Radio Network, and we welcome in Justin Rowland from com. We'll start with a little football, Justin, and a couple of pieces of news that came down uh, recently. Dare Rosenthal headed to the NFL, and Juco cornerback, cornerback Zoff Fraser decommitting from Kentucky. And uh, you pointed out in a tweet yesterday, these were, uh, for all the good news that Kentucky's had, these were two uh, losses at positions that they uh, are going to be positions of need, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, offensive tackle, uh, the, the depth was already razor thin in terms of starting experience. at Horsey can play there but you know the bowl game was his first time and there was a learning curve and now without Rosenthal you're going to have 4 and you know either somebody from the portal or DeAndre Buford or David Wollabaugh and then at corner you know Frazier was being brought in to really be an older guy back there to, to bring back some of the length that they used to have and you know they added him after the Carlos Nicholson flips Away from Kentucky, so uh, yeah, these are going to be big portal needs right now.
0: I was saying that um, in the first segment, you can confirm or not that um, it's a really short window to get somebody in for spring ball because classes have already started, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, and some of the scholarships have been. My understanding is reserved for you know the next semester, and not all of them could have been used on the first semester but um but yeah they'll, they'll be able to bring bring guys in but you do now need an SEC ready impact offensive tackle and an SEC ready impact cornerback in addition to maybe two more guys that you're looking for from the portal but there are going to be some other guys who, who announced that they're going to return to kentucky and and it's just crazy how much roster tracking that we have to do these days.
0: justin roll is with us from cats illustrated.com We'll be right back to continue the discussion in just a moment. It's the Leach Report Radio Network.
1: You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats.
0: From the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, return, refresh, refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops all across the Bluegrass and the Main Street Market for Clark's downtown Lexington across from rup arena justin roland is with us from cats illustrated.com and at roland rivals talking a little kentucky football to start uh, they did uh, get some good news in the form of a transfer from ohio state at uh, in the front three darian henry young uh, certainly a nice pickup there and it gives kentucky a situation where they can their front seven they can be uh, pretty solid two deep right
2: Yeah, too deep and they're going to have, they've got guys that have several years of eligibility remaining just up and down the list. Those Octavius Oxendine and Ripka and Hayes and Rogers, all those guys are going to be redshirt sophomores for all practical purposes. And, and it's going to be experienced and deep. And Darian Henry Young was one of the top recruits in the country and he's a big long body who can probably play end or tackle. And you know, there's still going to need guys to step up. And, and, and take their game to another level, losing McCall and, and Pascal. Uh But they've definitely got the talent there, so that's good.
0: The uh, the back end, I guess we were talking about the Juco cornerback decommitment. That's where there are still some some question marks. Who are young guys that are ready to make a move back there?
3: A little, a little bit older, but still
2: still fairly young, Jalen Geiger. I mean, I think he had a really good end to the season, and he's going to lock down one of those spots. I think uh, Andrew Phillips you know, in, in a more normal year for him when he's going to be with the team and practicing throughout the season, the off season, I think he, he can step up and be a factor. I think, um, and Geiger can probably also cover, like, a corner some because they all started out there. And, uh, you know, Maxwell Harrison being back with the team is another body. But they, I think they probably need two defensive backs from the portal, and those guys are going to be recruited to play, not to sit.
0: Uh, Kentucky uh, will go into next year I was saying yesterday that they're going to really have about as much as you could hope to have working in your favor I mean you're you're not going to every position's not going to be at an all-time best but I mean they're going to have the defense looks to be trending up um especially if they can shore up the secondary offense you know with a uh, we can have one of the top quarterbacks in the league back here Rodriguez is back so you've got um the, the offense should be uh trending upward uh yes you've got to go through the defending national champion but at least they're going to you know lose some key people so um it's uh you know given the the challenge in this league uh, it's about as most as much as you would hope to have working in your favor heading into another season right
2: yeah yeah they're going to be a good team i mean you just, it's going to be a good offense and it's going to be at least a solid defense and you know, maybe better on both. Maybe it's one of the SEC's best offenses and one of Stoops' better defenses, in which case, you know, they're going to be really good. I think they could be ranked in the 12 to 18, maybe the 15 to 20 range preseason next year. And I think just the fact that you're bringing back a, a, a quarterback and a running back that are going to have so much visibility in the SEC, I think is going to you know, give them more hype than Kentucky usually gets.
0: Uh, let's shift to uh, basketball and um... Ty Ty Washington's in quite a nice uh, spot right now. He mm-hmm. is getting very uh, comfortable now in these last couple of games. Not only running the team, but continuing to uh, do look for his own shot offensively. And and you know, he's forty percent threes. He's about mid fifties on twos. He's you know eighty plus at the free throw line. So. Uh, low turnovers i mean he's doing about everything you would want i I was looking at your uh, twitter timeline to to get some notes of things we to talk about today and you were engaging in uh conversation sometimes they talk about tweets uh not aging well and uh you had one that has aged well where after the duke game when there was a lot of questions about ty ty you uh uh, posted you felt very confident that uh he, he would uh turn out very well at, at minimum, uh, you know, maybe a Tyrese Maxey type. And that yeah. tweet certainly seems to have aged well.
2: I've gotten plenty wrong, but that, that one I don't think was even stepping far out on a limb. I mean, no. the, the reason I liked Washington as a freshman was when he was in high school, his ranking never went down. And I think that was across several sites. Like every single time the rankings went up, his ranking went up, um, the the updates and that means the guy is trending in the right direction. And he's growing on people. And the more people see him, the more impressed they are, the more they like him. And that's not the case for many guys with so many updates to these things and so many events. And so he's moving in one direction. And uh, there have been some games where it doesn't look like he's done a whole lot. And then you look at a stat sheet, and it's like almost 20 points. And he really stuffs the statue And he does everything. And he doesn't hurt them very often at all. So he's he's mature beyond his, his
0: class. And uh, Oscar Sheewe, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the numbers fully play out. I mean, he is, uh, I think it's, let me look here. It's, I can't remember if it's 11 or 12 double-doubles that he has. It is uh, 12 double-doubles in 16 games. The school record for season's 25 by Dan Issel in seventy. Mm. Julius Randle got to 24 in 14. I always thought that was an underappreciated stat for Julius, but uh, Oscar might just blow right by it.
2: Yeah, back in the 70s, and I, I, this is a little bit before my time, but you look at the, the game logs and the stat sheets for guys at the college level, and the numbers are just bigger. And a, lot of, a lot of the numbers are just bigger, and it's kind of interesting to see a guy having a season like that, one of those kind of superstar seasons where, you know, I, just statistically it's just weird to see. You almost don't appreciate the blocks. You don't appreciate the way he runs the floor and opens things up for shooters and the hands and just all the little things about him. And Larry, uh, Larry Glover the other day, pointed out on Twitter I think that uh, he um, he's not a specialist. He's not a rebounding specialist because he has so many things well. And so he's just just been amazing to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you think back to the Duke game. We were talking about, you know, tie tie and uh, he did not look good then. And then Oscar rebounded well. But remember, you know, he was turning down shots. They would leave him open. And he was, uh, you know, very hesitant to shoot. And just seemed very uncertain. And you look now at a guy who is very, you know, plays very confidently and has become, uh, you know, very polished in terms with his, you know, the Mayhe- his footwork and the way, he, you know, posts and things around the basket.
2: And Grady. From, from that Duke game, was, yeah. you know, he was like non existent. He was playing, but he wasn't really doing anything. And he's, he's, and that's not a harsh criticism, but he's out there to shoot. Now he's finding a way to get 12 three pointers in a game sometimes. So it is a completely different team in a, in a short period of time. So if those, if those two teams were to play again, I would just about throw the first meeting out. I think the the, the Duke, Kentucky opener a few years ago, um, it kind of shell-shocked people and gave them the wrong impression of dude that was the best they had played all year and i think that this will prove again to be one of the better games that that duke team plays this season and i think they're probably be matched up pretty evenly in a rematch
0: no one would uh, certainly think so um and you know the other two losses for Kentucky uh, are not uh, looking bad at the moment. LSU won at Florida last night, so I think they're 15 and one now. They beat the Gators 64 to 58. And I saw Notre Dame has won six straight and seven out of uh, eight, starting with uh, their upset at, at Kentucky. So they're even playing well.
2: Yeah, LSU has beaten some teams recently worse than they beat Kentucky. And given the circumstances in that game and the fact that these are both on the road, I mean, I, I, the way I kind of feel about college basketball games is if you lose a road game, I just kind of throw it out. Maybe it means something, but maybe it doesn't. You just don't know. Uh, but if you win on the road, then that's usually a really good sign. So they have to get to the point where they're weighing more on the road. Vanderbilt was a good start, but I wouldn't put any stock into the losses at this
0: point. At Roland Rivals on Twitter and catsillustrated.com on the web. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Tom. Heading to a break. Brandon Ramsey from KSR when we come right back on this Thursday edition of the Elite Report coming to you from Lexington and served up by wild eggs in Hamburg and in Palomar whether it's breakfast brunch or lunch head to wild eggs nobody does it better we'll be right back
1: Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today.
0: Welcome Brandon Ramsey into the program from KentuckySportsRadio.com, former college assistant coach and uh, now there's a lot of breakdowns of Kentucky basketball at, uh, for KSR and most recent one is following the Vandy win on Tuesday night and uh, Brandon you write about something in your post that I started the show with today with uh, Mike Pratt and I played a clip from my post game interview with coach Cal and I, I asked him or I said are you surprised by how good Oscar has become offensively and he acknowledged that he was I think coming here what was Oscar maybe expected to be a a 10 and 10 guy maybe
3: yeah I I think that's what the expectations were and and you know it it was a little easier to have those expectations because he wasn't coming in as a as a freshman out of high school you know he he had played 41 college basketball games you know at the high major level playing in the big 12 so you know he we, we had a 41 game sample size of him being a a major contributor at the college level, but he was pretty much a ten and ten guy. So there wasn't really any reason to, you know, all of a sudden think he would blossom into this national player of the year contender like he has. Um, so yeah, it, it's been a very pleasant surprise. But but you, you're absolutely right, and and I was listening to your conversation with, with with Mike, and yeah, I mean it it's spot on that you know that so much of what he's been able to do on the offensive end this year. Has just been an added bonus, and, and quite frankly, a you know, really a shock probably to, to everybody involved. Uh,
0: if you watch a Kentucky basketball practice, Cal is the the guy doing uh, most of of the talking, if not all. Um, as a you know, and what I'm seeing are mostly game day practices where they're preparing for a game. Mm-hmm. But if you watch them over a, you know the course of, of a week, you'll see a lot. You see the uh, various assistants doing a lot of Individual work with guys, or before practice, doing individual work with guys, and uh, that was certainly the case with with Oscar last year, and then you know this year, from as we were saying earlier, from where the player we saw in that Duke game in early November to the player uh, that we're seeing now that looks very polished uh, offensively, and uh, I don't think uh, Cal and and in particular his staff get uh, probably enough credit for the work they do at. You're developing guys who come here, where you know it's always just expected that it's you know, just you you you're already good when you get here and you go go on to the NBA and guys do get better. Yeah, absolutely,
3: and yeah, you're absolutely right. And to, to me, the, the the proof of that as it pertains to Oscar is how much better he's gotten just during the season itself. You know, we're, we're talking about as you said a, a guy that that did have some trouble with it, and it was in that clip that you, you played from Coach Cal. You know, he. He had some struggles early in the year where he was he was missing some bunnies or he certainly wasn't scoring really with his back to the basket. It was you know maybe get an offensive rebound and put it back up, but even then he wasn't as confident going back up to score it. And and now we have a guy who but he, he's still not you know it, it's not like we're throwing a Hakeem on down low. He doesn't have this you know large bag of post moves, but he, he he's a guy that gets excellent positioning in the post. He catches the ball really deep which allows him to, to essentially be able to turn around and score. He doesn't have to be the most skilled guy to just turn around and score with his strength from three feet away or dunk it off on an offensive rebound or whatever. See, I, I think the proof of, of how great of a job the staff has done with Oscar is shown with just his improvement even during the season. You know, Game to game, he's just gotten so much better, and it seems like he adds something to his game each time out there.
0: Now let's shift to Ty Ty Washington, who you also write about in uh, your latest post. And as I watch these last two games, it uh, feels like Kentucky is starting to to find its way when it gets uh, to be able to have a, an answer when it gets into lower possession games. You know, when they can get to seventy five 75, seventy five eighty mark that, that Calipari wants, uh, they are are uh, doing really well, but. Notre Dame, LSU, both slowed them down. Kentucky scored in the low sixties and ended up losing two close games there. And you are going to have those games at some point, you know, if not the stretch run of this season, then certainly when you get into the NCAA tournament. And with Ty Ty Washington now, I think they're they're moving into a situation where they can, at times, even if Wheeler is still out there, you could move him off the ball and put Ty Ty at the point and do some different things in half court or end of a shot clock, right?
3: Right, yeah, and and that was one of the big questions, I think, from a lot of people. I know it was a question that I had and with some people that I was talking about prior to the season was, like, who's the bucket getter on this team? Who's the guy that late in the game, as you're talking about, you can kind of hand the keys over to and say, hey, you know, this is a tie game, or we're down two, or we're up two. Like, we need somebody to go score, and it's not going to necessarily be easy to run some intricate set play. We just need somebody who's better than the other guys and Ty-Ty is 100% starting to blossom into that player. And he's, he's so polished in the pick-and-roll. That's been kind of the thing that's really stood out over these last couple games, still in a point guard, is that he's just so advanced in the pick-and-roll, both as a playmaker for others, but also just getting to, getting to his shot. And He's, he's proven that he, that little 15- to 18-foot pull-up jumper that, you know, to some extent, has sort of gone by the wayside of the, the analytics era of basketball. But, hey, when you make him at the percentage that he does, it's a good shot. You know. That he, and, and, and it's a really hard shot to guard because a lot of defenses are set up to give up those sort of shots because for most people they're not great shots. But for Ty-Ty, he makes them at such a rate that, that um, you know he's proven that, it, that, it, that he can do it consistently, and, and that makes him really hard to guard. And he, his improvement now that he's kind of split over to point guard and now he can be a, a true secondary playmaker once Sabir comes back. That's a huge bonus for this Kentucky team moving forward.
0: Yeah, uh, Kentucky was dead last in the league in two point shooting last year, and uh, they are uh, in the top half this year, shooting I think about fifty four percent. Which I believe you'd have to, as a team, shoot about thirty six to thirty seven percent on threes to to match you know fifty four percent on twos. The other thing that uh, when you get into those analytics sometimes is that. Um, you've got to make sure to take the next step, I think, in, in the analytics. And, and I say that because of this. Um, the, here's, here's a stat that I don't ever see measured but I think is, is meaningful. If you take a, a, a two-point shot and then you've got three-point shots for any team, what's the percentage of uh, times you score when you rebound the missed shot? the 46% of the twos you miss or the 63% right. of the threes that you miss uh, because I'm thinking that it's got to be a higher percentage on twos and if you're a team like Kentucky that is one of the nation's best offensive rebounding teams that's another uh, part of the, uh, the st- statistical element that probably didn't get appreciated.
3: Absolutely, and, and that's a great point because like you said, when when you have the, the nation's best offensive rebounder that stuff matters a lot, you know, because Oscar Sheboy is getting 21% of the misses right now. So it matters a lot how you miss shots, where you miss them from, because at the end of the day, he's getting a pretty darn high percentage of them. And then obviously once he gets them, he's shooting shooting 62.7% from the field. So obviously that's, you know, even much higher than what Kentucky shoots from two otherwise. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, kind of P1, Peeling back the layers of the analytical onion, so to speak, does matter when you have some guys with such expertise like Oscar on the offensive rebounds that maybe doesn't always get baked in as you're talking about.
0: Quick thought on the matchup with Tennessee: what are what are the keys for Kentucky?
3: Well, looking at Tennessee, you know they're going to be one of the best defensive teams that, that we go up against. You know, right now for Ken Palm, they're the number two defensive team in the country. That's right behind LSU. Um they, they go about it a little bit differently. Like, the, 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 there's still a lot of ball pressure. It's not as crazy as what LSU was, but they're going to be in the gaps. Uh, and I heard you and Mike talking about and Oscar. I do think you're going to see some of that, certainly just because Oscar has back-to-back um, career highs. But then uh, offensively, Tennessee is a team that, that relies on the three-point shot quite a bit this year, and they're going to come out and, and, and shoot, shoot a lot of threes. They have a lot of guys that can really shoot. Kennedy Chandler's been awesome for them, their freshman point guard. Um, I think getting Severe Wheeler back defensively would be really important for this game, just because I think his on-ball pressure could take them out of some of the things they're wanting to do. Um, But, yeah, it's a team that, you know, in a lot of ways, and I wrote about this, that that they're kind of just a a, an A version of what Vanderbilt is. Like, defensively, they try to force turnovers. Offensively, they try to make threes. They're just a lot better at it than Vanderbilt is. So you're going to see a lot of the same things, and hopefully we can guard the three-point line a little bit better than we did on Tuesday night.
0: You can read uh, Brandon's breakdown of the Mandy game and uh, all of his coverage of the Cats at kentuckysportsradio.com. Thank you.
3: Yep, yeah, thanks, Tom. Have a good one.
0: Close out this edition of the Leach Report. When we come right back, we're served up by Wild Lexington. I mentioned the LSU win at Florida earlier, uh, elsewhere in the league last night. Arkansas pummeled Missouri 87-43, and it was just last Saturday that Missouri beat Alabama. So, go figure that set of scores. And Mississippi State handled Georgia last night, 88-72. Seward uh, Drake Jackson has signed a reserve future contract with the L.A. Rams. Not sure exactly what that means. I don't assume it's uh, he's not in the mix for uh, the playoffs, but uh, at least uh, he's in the mix maybe for next season. So happy to hear that. And running back Travis Tisdale transferring to Valdosta State. Chris Dortch, Mike DeCorsi on tomorrow's edition of the Leach Report. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page.